Twas a cold, dark night, and the air was filled with falling snow. Boots crunched through a blanket of serene white, which lay thick on the cobbles, dappled orange and yellow by the warm glow of lanterns, carried by hands clad in woolen mittens. Carolers sang on crowded street corners, rousing the delight of not just passers-by who paused to lend their voices to the choir, but also of angels and the spirits of Christmases past, present and future. A young whippersnapper of a lad approaches an ancient crumbling gothic mansion. The gate creaks open. The statues slowly turn their faces to watch as the boy creeps to the door and knocks four times on the aged oak. The door opens and the miserly face of Paul appears in the gloom within. Jeff holds up his freezing, frost-bitten hands. Paul, do you have any spare rituals? No, bugger off. But please, tonight it's our podcast. I don't care, get out of it. But we're supposed to be recording our Doctor Who Christmas special for the delight of all our wonderful listeners. I said I don't care. Now get before I call the police. But it's Christmas. The time of goodwill to all people and animals, including badgers and my pet fox. Do you want a slap? This is no time for your Scrooge-like nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> go, go with it, go with it. Go gonna, on, go I've on, got go. to go back to the other voice. Paul... This is no time for your Scrooge-like nonsense. Get a grip and let me in. We've got to record our podcast. (laughs) What's in it for me? Why, the delight of our listeners, of course. They want to hear us talking about the runaway bride. Hmm, is that all? And the snowmen, of course, and Jenna. (laughs) What about the return of Dr Mysterio? Are we going to talk about that one too? If it means I can come in out of this blasted freezing cold and sit by your fire. Oh, all right then. But don't talk to the Santa robots in the back room. <laughs> yeah. That's right, everyone. Welcome to the Who Corner to Corner Christmas Special. My name Yay! is Jeff. Yes, and my name is Miserly Paul, and we've got sleigh bells and ding dong bells, and we've got jingle bells and um, um, all the bells you can shake a figgy pudding. Sticker. Yeah, all the bells. We have all the bells. There's there's bells here. Um, bell effects. Bell effects. There we go. There. Happy Christmas, everyone, Happy Christmas, and everyone. welcome. To another episode of Who Corner to Corner. I've, I might have been on the sauce already, Jeff. To be honest with you, I ain't gonna lie, mate. I might have had a tipple or two. You know what I mean? Hey, hey. I do. I do. No, no change from the uh, usual there, then. And, no, there um, isn't. Uh, it's how I get by. <laughs> what with me? <laughs> um, 
And uh, if you're listening to us today on Christmas Day or on Boxing Day or any time over the festive period, because there has been no Doctor Who festive no special this, se- this season, um, then we hope we can give you a little bit of uh, the joy of festive specials gone by um, yeah, as we look at... Th- joy. We are, and we're going to be looking back at three uh, festive specials. Um, we picked a favourite each. Paul's was The Return of Doctor Mysterio with Peter Capaldi's Twelfth Doctor, uh, and mine was The Snowmen starring Matt Smith's Eleventh and Jenna Coleman's Oswald, Oswin, no Clara. No bias there then at all, Dan. I mean, no you just picked there. it out of a hat. Just randomly. Did, yeah. just, <laughs> just happened to be a the, Clara episode. The, the hat was filled with The Snowmen. And... We also put out a vote to our um, listeners and our followers to yeah, we did, um, pick you know from... We're the kind of people who like to involve our listeners. That's what yes. we do, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yes. So, uh, And we've also got some comments from people about their uh, favourite, well, their thoughts on these episodes as well. So we, we put up um, The Runaway Bride, which was my favourite tenant uh, Christmas episode, and yours was uh, Voyage of the Damned. Um, and I'm not sure what the vote, uh, how close things were, but Runaway Bride won, didn't it? Yeah, it did, by a country mile, actually. Was it Nobody quite a lot? Nobody likes Voyage of the Damned, um, he, despite the presence of young Kylie within it. Yes, that surprised me, because that's the uh, highest rated, uh, or highest viewed yeah, episode of New Who. Yeah, then, but everybody dies, so maybe that's a little bit dark. Yeah, that's true. Christmas yeah. Day. Yeah. <laughs> but, then it, but then it went out on Christmas Day, much like... Um, yes, it uh, did. Oh, I've completely forgotten Last the name Christmas. of it. Last Christmas, which is a, a yeah. brilliant episode, but it's I, I still we, we, can't believe that happened on Christmas Day on TV. Yeah, you know, it's so it, dark like and complex. Nine yeah, as well, you know, yeah. watershed. That's probably my favourite uh, Christmas like special overall. It's a, a couple to be of ghosts who really enjoy that. Actually. Yeah, I mean, I kind of got it from the first one, but then I think it was probably second or third time, maybe the third or fourth time I watched it. I thought, oh, yeah, this is actually yeah. pretty good, isn't it? It, it is cool. really good. Yeah, mm. yeah, it is. It is quite um, quite dark though, you know. But um, we're we're going we're going back to the more uh, upbeat uh, Christmas episodes this fall. this week. So why don't we start with your which is the return of Doctor Mysterio? Oh, okay, yeah, we can do that. Um, so this is—I um, I, I do like to champion this story actually because it seems to get a lot of—it um, gets a fair share of—I don't like it—on uh, on the internet, on the social platforms, and uh, various other. Well, uh, that surprises me with uh, Doctor Who Twitter. No, that's that is that is really unusual. It's such a actually, positive, happy place. Yeah, <laughs> at least my bit, my enclave. Of Twitter is because um, well, I just if, if nobody's happy, they're they're not invited. Frankly, that that's how yeah. it goes. You know, so. Well, yeah, we want to enjoy the stuff that we like, and you know, there exactly. we go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. yeah, this this episode does for you know a change seem to have be quite divisive or or whatever. And um, I must admit, I think I've only watched it. I watched it on broadcast, uh, and I might have watched it since. Um, but I remember yeah. thinking it was really good, and and I was a bit sceptical mm. to start it because it kind of riffs on superhero stuff, which um, you know, if anyone listening knows, I love my superhero stuff. And Paul and I ran our uh, MCU podcast mm-hmm. uh, before we started up our Doctor Who one, um, so I thought, well, you know, that's that's cool. Um, yeah. But I thought, oh, you know, the ghosty looks a little bit cheesy, um, and and I wasn't sure. But but actually, I ended up. Yeah, I mean, I always enjoy Who, but I ended up really enjoying it, and and I thought, 
Yeah, and I thought it had some really quite, um, mm. you know, emotional bits in it, actually, you know, t- towards the end. Um, and, yeah, it was sort of surprisingly moving, really, as well as good fun. And, and you yeah. know, Moffat did a nice job kind of, um, you know, homaging, you know, like saying superhero stuff and bringing it into the Who world and making mm-hmm. it kind of workable, you know, with, within the, you know, the universe of that. Well, to, to me, you've got you, you've got three distinct elements going on here. Um, you, you have got, indeed, as you so rightly pointed out, Mr. Jeff, the superhero part of it. You've got a kind of sci-fi conspiracy thriller going on, which obviously t- dovetails quite nicely with the, the, the superhero stuff as well, I think. But then, in a kind of bizarre twist of Stephen Moffat-y writingness, we've also got a kind of farcical rom-com going throughout it as well which provides the emotional kick of the episodes and I do wonder if that's one of the reasons um, why few people kind of feel that this episode feels them a little bit underwhelming or disjointed or whatever to be honest for me I just think it's a fat lot of really good fun I I actually Mm. I'm not a big fan of rom-coms I, I, I usually walk into another room, any room really. I don't care what room it is, and even if the heating's not switched on, I will go into it if there's a romantic comedy on the box because I'm not, I'm not the world's biggest fan of them. Um, but but I but I tell you what, I mean I I really enjoyed um, Stephen Moffat TV series Coupling, which was on yeah, in the nineties. Yeah. If you ever saw that, it ran a few series, mm. and and this was almost like a, an outtake or you know mini episode of of Coupling. It was yeah. for me what this is when Stephen brought that into the episode. It, it kind of it actually just I think lifts it above the standard kind of aliens v humans plus mm. superhero kind you know on on the one hand having a superhero there with powers and everything is something that doctor who hasn't really done before no. not like this not where it's an actual bona fide guy with special superpowers with an origin story which obviously ties into the doctor so you know there there, there is that aspect but i think that the rom-com elements you know the this is really Stephen Moffat playing to the stuff that he is exceptionally good at. Yeah. Because I mean, Coupling won a whole bunch of awards. You know, he's, yeah, well, it ran he's for really quite good a while, at that you know? kind of yeah, fast yeah. dialogue between. You know, we've seen it in in Doctor Who, it, it, in Stephen Moffat's era. It comes in. You know, you've got the Doctor and River Song and and, and Amy Pond and Rory and Clara. You know, it's fast, it's snappy, it goes backwards and forwards a lot. And I I, I love it when it's in a contemporary setting. We're in New York which is great because there's a location that um, you know we, we've probably only seen a couple of times in Doctor Who. It's always good to be back, even though it wasn't actually New York, but it's mm. New York. The, the scene setting at the start of that episode, we get everything thrown into it just to make sure that we fully understand that it's New York. We have police sirens. We've got steam coming up from the vents in the road. <laughs> uh, we've, got, we've got shouts. We've got saxophone music. We've got that kind of... We've got someone who's hanging out the stars and stripes out of their window. If you were in any doubt at all that you're not in the UK, you're somewhere in America and actually New York, oh, and there's a yellow taxi cab flying by as well and some more <laughs> police sirens. Uh, it's it's really laid on but for mm. me that's part of the fun of it that's part of the theater and this whole episode is is very theatrical and and i i kind of i i do love um the ghost actually he's uh, he's great i think but i think we'll come back to him in a sec but I, what really 
makes this episode for me and I remember when I first saw it I, I almost did a little jig a jig of joy Jeff trying mm-hmm. to say that when you've had a few glasses of Fino <laughs> and Bailey's um, but it's it, because do you know why because this so this was after all the season uh, series 8 and 9 stuff we'd, mm. we'd closed series 9 so Clara had gone we'd had Heaven Sent Hellbent all of that powerful stuff at the end of that those really dark a uh, couple of series, and mm. then we had the husbands of River Song, which was yeah. uh, which was a belter, which was just crazy, and closed off the whole River Song thing. So now the the door was wide open for Doctor Who to do whatever it wanted, and we suddenly get a twelfth Doctor, who is you know rather than rather than being kind of self interrogative and um, you know sort of narcissistic and and kind of deep and dark and, and questioning his motives and his self and, and everything we, we get a doctor who's back to being a lot of fun yeah. to be with and that for me is really the key part to this episode yeah yeah you're right it, it, it comes off of you know all, all that uh, all the know, darker searching. stuff that's what yeah. I'm looking for and, and you're right it's sort of like um you know, despite the, the the difficulties of losing Clara, which he he doesn't really remember, of course, and then remembering, you know, the stuff with River, which he does, he he doesn't reference it um, outright, does he, in this episode? But he, he gives he a sort of bittersweet Nar- speech. Nardole does. Speech. Nardole Nardole does yeah. Something at the end of it. Um, yeah, he he explains it, doesn't River he? Song, yeah, and you know, blah 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 blah. So that that, yeah. that gives a little bit of kind of depth, I guess. Yes, and it, and it strings it together from you know mm. what what went before. But yes, it was nice, and I think that was one of the things I liked about it because you know even though I really like series eight and nine, I'm aware that they they're they're dark and they're complex, and um, mm. you know they're not they're not for everyone, but because it's you know it's so different to what we'd had previously. So you know coming in uh, with this was really nice to kind of breath of fresh air for it and and capaldi's so good at the kind of lighter stuff as well and you know you could tell he was having a good good time in this um and also i like that um it was called dr mysterio because i think that's that's the translated name of doctor who in like it is brazil or something like that somewhere someone will be able to maybe yeah yeah quite yeah quite possibly yeah but somewhere uh in in that side of the world um so it was quite nice Mm. that you know (laughs) they took its uh its name and and I and I have to say as well. I mean, the 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 kid playing young Grant. Um, you know, okay, so he's not he's he's not probably the best actor in the world, mm. but the 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 interplay between him and the Doctor is is brilliant. You know, and I I love the fact that the Doctor kind of visits him at various points in his life, to almost. It, it's it's in flashback. So the, these elements are told in flashback. We get that big prologue at the start of the story, where where young Grant swallows what he thought was a was a sweet or cough medicine mm. lozenge or, or something oh, like so that. It's a gem of it. some sort, isn't it? Yeah, and it's like the heart of a of, of a dying star. Mm. And the doctor's using it to power this gizmo on the roof of his his tower block. For some reason, I don't think we ever really find out what, but it, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. It's just a, a, a trap for something. And again, the the way the way Capaldi delivers these lines, I mean, he's uh, it, this is an energy that we've rarely seen in his Doctor up to this mm. point. And I, I I couldn't, and I still can't get enough of it. You know, I I really really wish that we'd had more of this face of the the twelfth Doctor. I don't get me wrong, I, I I did enjoy parts of the whole soul searching thing. It was it was an interesting place to take the Doctor 
down, you know, put him down that tunnel mm. and let him fight his way out. And boy, does he fight his way out! Yeah, you know, L- literally, literally with a diamond wall through that mm. wall. Yeah, exactly. So you know that that's a good thing. But then, so so then we get this this nice lightheartedness. It's kind of back to it's almost like the comfort blanket Doctor mm. Who that we know and love. And it's really great to see Capaldi giving it that because he does it so well. And he does a little bit of it in um, beginning of uh, Magician's Apprentice, where he's does he call himself Doctor Disco or, or something? And he's on the, it, tank, the tank with the guitar, yeah, and like when he has you know, middle aged crisis kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, that that's it. And you know, maybe it, it was done to. That's it doesn't last you know, long. No glimpses of it. I think we get a glimpse of it um, in the pyramid. You know, at the pyramid at the end of the world. But it's not long before mm. everything kind of comes crashing down around him. Yeah, and the stakes are just upped, and he's he's kind of back in. Back into the and, dark places again. And what's um, uh, uh, what's nice about Capaldi getting the opportunity to do stuff like mm. this is actually, uh, as himself, he he was always brilliant with kids. You know, you, you there's a, exactly. there's videos and, and that's floating I mean. around. Yeah. Yeah, and, it and it's between, it's him. Yeah. Yes, yes. Between and, him and uh, the kid Grant on on the roof yeah. again, and, and when he visits him as a teenager and young adolescent Grant is kind of struggling with the whole X-ray vision kind of thing, and then we learn that he's had this crush on on Lucy, whose baby mm. he's a nanny for. Um, mm. You know, since since then, you know, so he, he's carried this this torch with him all these years. So it's, there's a kind of unrequited love story there, and the fact that, that the Doctor gets caught up in the middle of it, and yeah. he knows the secrets. You know, he knows that Grant is the ghost, and and he's getting these little looks from Grant, like "Don't tell her, don't tell her." And he's yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> "So you mentioned Lucy there, and um, some mm. years before this episode, I." Produced and edited a, a short film that had Charity Wakefield in it. Um, oh, did you? Uh, yeah, um, and um, she was sort of on a on a, her way to becoming a you know next big thing, and then she sort of didn't seem to do anything for a long time. And then she she reappeared in this, or at least mm. as far as I was uh, aware, she was kind of reappearing, and and you know maybe she had done other stuff, and it was just you know it passed me by. Um, so it was it was nice to see her mm. again. You know I didn't know her brilliantly at all, but you know the, the film oh, wow. was good and it claimed a couple of awards and stuff. Yeah, so that yeah. was nice to see her. So yeah, overall I, I enjoyed this this mm. episode a lot, and um, you know it has some really fun stuff in it. And you know, like you said, nicer to see that kind of lighter side of of uh you know capaldi um and there's also all the the sort of gags about you know the secret identity and stuff and um you know uh, you know clark Kent wearing the glasses and you know yeah, how, how do people not know and it's it's it. like yeah. you know the eye masks that some heroes wear and you kind of think that's that's useless but you yeah. know you just kind of go along with it you know, I know. And, it's, and yeah the, the doctor it. points out doesn't he he's sort of flicking through the superman comic and he, he, he says to young grant look look at this man here it's something amazing look at this he's going what like, see that man there a super yeah superman yeah 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 but look 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 it's the same man superman is clark kent <laughs> and he's like yeah, but everybody knows that but the glasses look i've drawn i've drawn glasses on on superman it's the same man everybody knows that you know it's like <laughs> what and weirdly, I was watching Superman and Lois the other day, and there's a moment where uh, Superman divulges his identity literally by taking his glasses off. And there's also that moment in in Superman Two, when 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 uh, Christopher Reeve as Superman takes his glasses off, and everything about him changes. He literally transforms. Yeah, he from does. Clark yeah. Kent to Superman wearing yeah. a suit. It's amazing. So yeah. yeah, do you know what that that was another that was a really uh, one of the good things Brilliant. with with Christopher Reeve is mm. that subtle. 
change, but but he made it clear that you know they they were two different people. Yeah. In in you know Superman is his real self, and Clark was the the act. Um, and and I always felt that he made that definition between mm. them really he nicely. Really and when it, you saw the transition mm. in in a scene, you know it was great. And going off topic slightly but um <laughs> if, if anyone's ever read um christopher reeve's autobiography that he wrote after his accident he did two i, I never read the second one actually but it was you know it was really m- quite moving and and mm. quite um you know in- inspiring really because you know obviously you know he, he never walked again but he was absolutely determined to do it and you know he there was, was of course yeah. the, the great tragedy and irony of superman mm. ending up you know d- disabled like that but yeah reading that book was you know, it was quite something, really. So, it's sort of uh, quite quite bittersweet in itself, really. All mm. of that, but yeah, yeah, he's he's much missed. Yeah, yeah. So, so yes, um, my case for Doctor Mister the Return of Doctor Mysterio, I love it. I think it's a it's a really fun romp. It's nice to see Doctor Who playing on 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 not just actually on the superhero thing, but also the the rom com. And mm-hmm. the alien conspiracy, obviously, you know, that last one is done time and time again. And actually, I think it's probably the weakest part of the story. Yeah. Um, it doesn't really hang together very yeah, well it's, if you it's interrogate not, it. No, and it's not how I remember this episode mm. either. It's not sort no, of the, no, the thing that jumps yeah. out about it, you know. Apart um, from the fact their heads kind of s- slice open and they can pull guns out and... It's yeah, there's, there's a nice visual effect. It's a little yes, bit. Yes, that's cool. It's a little bit like the um, spoonhead thing in the Bells of Saint John. Mm. You know, where they where they turn and they're concave. Yeah, yeah. Moffat seems to enjoy doing that sort of weirdness, doesn't it? And of course, they yeah. were in in the Husbands of River Song, the previous story to this. Um, you know, the, the the same guys from Harmony mm. Shoal, and then that was it. Then after this one, they just kind of disappeared. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's an interesting story to be told about them. There, I mean, what are they like? A bunch of brains with eyes in them, or something? Yeah, it's just that's a, what you wanted to be turned into. I do. I want to be yeah. Harmony Shoal. That, that's exactly. You, it. You'll have to listen to a podcast that's coming out after this one to find out about that. But a few times, I'm, I'm pretty sure <laughs> it probably index all the times I've mentioned uh, what, I've, what I've left my poor daughter in my will, what she has to do. I was just hope she. Can, find enough formaldehyde. Well, yeah, you're, you're going to be disappointed if she can't. Uh, activities yeah. to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but there you go. I, I, I really enjoy this. You know, and I, I watched it again quite recently. And I, I, I still do. And I can recognise that the story doesn't hang together that well. Um, or, or at least one element of it, the mm. alien part, it doesn't really well. I mean, I do like the, um, the, the American unit, unit guys in the end. It gives us that sense of unit being a, a multinational yeah, organization. Yeah. So that's all pretty good. But that's just surface detail, really. The, um, I, I honestly think the actual heart of this story is, is not the superficial stuff. I don't think it's the alien conspiracy. Um, I don't think it's the horror effects and the nonsense of the aliens themselves. And I don't really think it's the superhero part. It's not trying mm. to be Superman or, or any of the others. It's merely just kind of referencing those things because they're part of Grant's story. They're, they're yeah. you know, the, the crystal that he's that he's ingested literally grants him his his wishes, he's, and he's, he's surrounded yeah. by superhero paraphernalia. So. As a young kid, why would you not want to be Superman, Spider-Man, yeah, yeah, or, yeah. or whatever? 
you know but i think the actual heart of this story is the is the story of grant and lucy and how the doctor kind of comedically gets caught up in it and it's a bit of a farce but it's a mm. farce done really well you know yeah. it it it, it, it just uses all those tropes with Stephen Moffat's kind of trademark cleverness, and it is played brilliantly by by the guys in it. And and you could also look at it, it within its its narrative that you know following uh, you know the River Song stuff in the previous episode, mm. you know it's sort of uh, you know uh, the Grant storyline kind of parallels it in yeah, a maybe way, it does. not yeah, not ending that. you know doesn't mm. end badly, but you know the Doctor had his, his sort of great love there and. Uh, mm. You know he he's lost her, and um, you know he he gets involved with their their stuff, um, and and wants to kind of you know help bring them together a little bit because I suppose you know he's he's an old softy at heart. We also get I, I just need to point out before we move on actually, Mister Fuffle, the empathy interrogation toy, which Lucy squeezes when she wants the Doctor to tell the truth, and he kind of looks at it and he. You know, it's that pain. You know, every time he tells a lie, she squeezes it, and it goes, it goes, <laughs> in a really annoying way. And and and, and again, the, the way she plays it, the, the look of uh, sadism in her face when she grabs that toy and just mullers it, and and Capaldi's kind of reaction shots of like, should you be doing that? <laughs> you know, is that real? Ooh. You know, is that natural? Is this what people do now? Is is brilliant. So I I think there's. There's far too much good stuff in the return of Doctor Mysterio well, to knock it out of the park. Y- yeah, and and like you said, you know, so maybe the uh, alien conspiracy stuff doesn't quite work in here, or you know, hang together. But you know, and we've talked about this sort of thing um, before. Okay, so fine. Does, is that a reason to then go? Oh, I hate well, this episode. Yeah, it could be because uh, because usually I I really like my story stuff. You know, for me, story is everything. And uh, and you know stories hang well for me stories hang on on two things they hang on plots and they hang on characters ideally they hang on characters and the plot mm. hangs from the characters the plot extends from what the characters do the situation they find themselves on and what they have to achieve and what stops them achieving that and but you know for me this actually is you know the plot of this is is getting grant and lucy to live happily yeah. ever after the, together. The, i would say they can you know the alien stuff is, is probably a, a <clears throat> you know c plot line to it you know the other yeah. stuff is a, a and b and and of course you know story is important for everything but my point mm. is that uh you know the rest of it all works fine so and and i've enjoyed it and and you know it's it's been uh you know, it's great fun watching it. It's given me a little bit of a moist eye at the it's end, and you know, blah blah. It. And yeah. and I'm not going to go. Well, that alien conspiracy plot line isn't that strong. So <laughs> you know, I'm going to hate it. And, but then, and you, you know, know, some people might though, Jeff. And you, you can't well, hold that against them because no, that you might can't. Be I'm not. I'm that. not doing that. But I'm no, saying when you that, think about you know, it, this was the the only story released in that year. It was. Yeah. I think was was it 2016? I'm I sure think it was so. Yeah, 16 or 17. Yeah, 17 was the pilot. And then we had a break, and then we had Jody in no Jody in the end of eighteen twenty eighteen. Yeah, because yeah, there was in a huge gaps on it all. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because yeah. in twenty nineteen we got series twelve, and then it was COVID mm. in twenty twenty, which mm. was the flux. And yeah, so this was twenty sixteen then. So yeah. so literally, it had been a year since we'd seen the last bit of Doctor Who, which was the Husbands of River Song. Mm. So. It's um, you know, and I can kind of understand that if you're expecting you know more of season eight and season nine, more of those deep kind of 
you know, slightly powerful, mm. um, you know, Doctor-centric storylines, then yeah, you're going to be disappointed by by the return of Doctor Mysterio, it, which yeah. really isn't that at all. No, but then it's you know it's it's a Christmas Day episode, which is trying to yeah. uh, appeal to as wide an audience as possible, uh, and going in with a mm. whole load of uh, you know bogged down backstory, you know character arcs and things. It it, it doesn't really work, which is why. Um, uh, is it time of the Doctor, Matt, Matt Smith's finale? Uh, yes, you know mm. it's a good episode. It's it's not a great Christmas episode because they were trying to wrap up so much stuff within it, um, mm. and I remember thinking, oh, it's just too much. And and you know, yeah. for people watching on Christmas Day who hadn't seen any of the other stuff prior to it, they'd be like, what's going on? Mm. And and also as an it doesn't aside, doesn't really stand on its own, does it? it no, um, and uh, they should have sorted Matt Smith's contract out so they weren't trying to. You know, wrap up his storyline in like the episode after the fiftieth. That was always a bit, bit, uh, bit of a missed opportunity to me. You know? <laughs> uh, same way Jody should have stayed on to, to the sixtieth. <laughs> so whoever whoever's in charge of contracts at BBC, sort it out. Yeah, yeah, got yeah, it wrong. Get a grip. So Honestly. yeah, I enjoy uh, the return of Doctor Mysterio. Oh, I'm and glad I'm not the only one there. Actually. No, no, of not course not. And uh, for anyone who's interested, there, are, there is a comic series which I believe is a sequel to it with the, with the, oh, really? the character. Yeah, with the ghost. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure. I don't think the Doctor's in it. I'm not sure. But there's there's definitely a, a sequel series oh, for it. Yeah, I didn't know that. I yeah. out for it. <clears throat> so there you go. Via Titan hey. Comics. Marvelous. Um, Good stuff. Moving so, on now. Let's um, let's go to the one that we got voted to win uh, to to be rewatched, you know which is clearly we are leaving Clara until last, so that <laughs> Jeff can wax lyrical. I can no. go down, make myself several cups of tea, have my supper, <laughs> watch an episode of EastEnders, come back up. It'll still be going on. So I would advise if you're listening to this podcast, get settle in. Basically, you know, get you get get settled in. We're going to talk about the Runaway Bride now. Literally, this yeah. will be done in ten minutes. Jeff will be talking about the Snowmen for about twenty five thousand hours. So let's talk about the Runaway Bride. It's good. Now let's talk about the Snowmen. <laughs> <laughs> the Runaway Bride. Come on in. Let let's yeah. have it. What, this this when is the last um, time you watched this one, mate. Oh, do you know what? Actually, oh, this is no, no. Oh. It, I, I can't remember exactly when I watched yeah. it, but this is an episode that, um, for me, is a bit like Smith and Jones or something. It's it's oh. just a hell of a lot of fun, uh, and I really like Catherine Tate in it and Donna. And there's just uh, there's just great stuff in this with like mm. the um, Tardis taxi chase sequence, which you know for the at the time was who. Uh, you know, really going out all, all for it what, with an action sequence. Still, good now, still does, yeah. It's it's really we, good. We were yeah. watching this the other day. I was sat, I was sat down. Was it Tuesday morning with Freya, and uh, and and because she came downstairs, she found me watching it. It was just starting. She goes, "What are you watching?" I said, "Doctor Who." She goes, "I know that. Which one?" Runaway Bride. She, goes, <laughs> she sets down with her breakfast, and we start watching it together again. It was it was brilliant. And, yeah, we, we we were kind of remarking as you do. Hey, that shot looks all right, doesn't it? Yeah, mm. looks good. That it still, yeah. it still hey. holds up, and you still know, it was an up. ambitious. Still holds up, uh, that does. She said as she yeah. drank a pint of stout <laughs> in the morning. Yeah. It's yeah, it's an ambitious uh, sequence, and it it's great fun. It works really well. Mm. But you know, Catherine um, and David, they they hit it off brilliantly oh, in this, and yeah. uh, you know that cliffhanger at the end of series three, where she appears in the TARDIS. <laughs> you know, it's like. You know, one of 
you know, yeah. RTD always gave pretty good cliffhangers. Um, he he did. I remember him being really pissed off at the time, though, because we'd had all of that emotional stuff with... Uh, with yeah, with, the saddest thing ever broadcast on TV. And then and then we get the Doctor morosely wandering yeah. around the TARDIS all alone again, and suddenly there's Catherine Tate dressed up in a, in a wedding dress standing, and it's like, what? And we're all going, what? And he's going, what? What? And she's like, and, uh, what? What? <laughs> and just... Yeah, and, and that's that's the catchphrase. But <clears throat> and it, I like it's a bit like... from her side. Sorry, go on, he's, he's saying... Oh, well, I was just going to say, like, he... Was, was it, um... Oh, which episode was it at the end of? They they changed yeah. the cliffhanger to, to, I think, having the TARDIS crash through, ready for Voyage of the Damned, and, and the, the previous version was something like the, the Doctor was in the TARDIS and two Cybermen appeared behind him or oh, something. Okay. You, have you ever seen that? And it was like, that's lame. It was, like, really pathetic. Right. And so by changing it to... I can't remember why they... Why they had that? I'm sure that there was something like that, but why would it be Cybermen going into Voyage of the Damned? I don't know. Anyway, there was something like that that at one point they changed at the TARDIS. No you know, the the Titanic crashing in. Um, no idea. But yeah, R- Runaway Bride is. Um, that, well. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, if, if anyone can, um, uh, you know, re- remind us, uh, that would be great. So there's just probably just dreamed it. Well, you know what? It might be one of those things that I've—it's something know, else—and I've—and I've turned it into mm. to this. Um, but I love the the essential yeah. uh, kind of plot line in this, or the, the, the sort, of, sort of beeline, I suppose, with um, the Ragnos and and the way you know the, the Doctor takes Donna mm. back to see the Earth being assembled and you know yeah, built he, he around does really there. well there actually. Just yeah. just gets exactly the right moment in all that yes, four and a half which is history, un- unusual considering on. the TARDIS usually misses the its right mark, moment. Or, puts a dent in the 80s but, hey, or something you know yeah. um and and the the Ragnos, uh it, they do the um mm. the, the thing that they they loved during the rtd era which is um the you you the, you know they hide the reveal for a long time and you just get the kind of pov of you know mm. the claw on the on the screen and stuff that's, like that yeah and that's the, like and the voice doctor who that is I yes it, that, it is yeah save the monster and, um, till part three yeah so i i think the Ragnos was uh absolutely yeah. one of the best, um, you know, prosthetic works and animatronics mm-hmm. that they they ever did on the show. I remember going to, yeah, uh, one of the Doctor Who, um, maybe it was a Doctor Who experience, and it it was in oh, London, okay. initially, like maybe near the XL, you know, uh, something like that, um, and it was the one where you, I think it started with a sort of mini. Um, mm sort of interactive thing you you walked into sort of like a junkyard bit and there was like a story you know vague story and then the the tardis appeared and and a wall uh sort of went transparent right. and, and opened to reveal it and it was very cleverly done uh-huh. and you walked into the tardis and you went down a little sort of tardisy yeah. corridor and then came into a recreation of uh, matt smith's orange tardis i think it was matt's anyway uh, yeah, it was. Your favorite um, one. And then after that, yeah, <laughs> uh, made my eyes bleed. Um, and then after that, it was mm. a bit of a sort of walkthrough uh, exhibition y type thing. Very much like they had at the Doctor Who uh, uh, exhibition or experience when they moved it to Cardiff. Because um, this thing, I'm trying to think now. Maybe I need to, to research it. But I remember that there was this thing mm. in London, and then, then it moved around the country a little bit and did sort of semi semi-residencies at, at places for a oh. while because I remember going to see it in, in Wales somewhere Wales. when I happened to be filming over there and then it ended up at the uh, uh, you know at yeah. um, Roth Lock um, and I went to that twice 
Um, anyway, the point of this is that they had the Ratknos, you know, model you. there. It took us a long uh, time and to it was get massive. there, Jeff, but we got there in the end. Did, it did take a long time. I, I've went on a detour about Doctor Who uh, exhibitions. That would be a good podcast one, one day, yeah. but I think it might just be me talking no, no, about I stuff I've been to. No, I have my experiences of Doctor Who exhibitions. Oh, good. Okay. Probably not the same oh, well, ones well, you've well, between us, no. we've got well, them all I'll covered. have to dig out my. Oh, good. Okay. We'll well, we'll I'll dig out my um, books mm. for that, and we'll do that. That's good. That'll be good. So, yeah. Anyway, the Ragnos was was great, and um, I, I also liked that in um, yes. uh, Nikola Tesla's Night of Terror, the Skithra yeah. was sort of a you know a distant mm. relative of them. You know, there was a sort of facial similarity and, and similarities stuff like that, in the was, way they were shot as well, fun. and the reveal because we got like flashes yeah. of the teeth yeah. in the eyes and the sort of spiky mm. bits. Spiky yeah. bits, multiple yeah. eyes. Yeah, Spiking, so yeah, it was good. And and um, I think I think with um, you know the Runaway Bride mm. initially, you think that Donna is is awful. Uh, you know, she's kind of <laughs> slightly chavvy, loud. Uh, you know, and you you kind of think why why it's Lance, isn't it? Why is he marrying her? You know, because <laughs> he bullied him. Into he it, doesn't sort of. Think like- yeah, but the story he, she he tells the really doctor is sense. that he bullied her in a way. She couldn't say no. And, we, yes, and while she's telling that story, that's we, it. we actually we get to see what actually happened. And she's literally yeah, hounding yeah. him. <laughs> that's <just> brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> that's just right, yeah. Maybe a then, of offering her coffee one day. Yeah, but then when later when you discover he's he's in uh, in cahoots with Ragnos and he was putting right. was it Huon particles Huon and stuff particles. in, you know, at... Yeah, it's it's actually quite sad, and yeah. and you know Donna is someone who's mm. uh, wants more from life, and and although maybe didn't initially kind of realise that. To, yeah, but and she was trying it, to. It, it, it's interesting because I I get the feeling she's trying to sort of run a, run away from her controlling mother, but actually by yeah, doing oh. what her controlling mother wants her to do, find a decent bloke quotation fingers mm. and settle down and do something useful with her life, and she does want to do something useful with her life. And she tries to do it her mum's way, whether intentionally or otherwise. Yeah, and and um, you know it, when she reappears mm. in series four, you know Donna's arc in that is is brilliant, and you know yeah. she does so much to help so many uh, other aliens and people and yeah. things, and and really kind of gets to live this this great mm. life. And y- you can see back in the Runaway Bride that she she wants more, but like I said, maybe at that mm. point wasn't quite sure you know what mm. or how to do it or, or anything like that and as with many other people meeting the doctor was a sort of you know yeah. catalyst for that and it, and it put her on a path that, that led to them uh, you know yeah. reuniting so it, it is quite sad really when you know you, mm. you find out what happens and of course Sil- Sylvia you know we've talked about her I think before she she's I mean it, you know it's really well written but she is awful like she's you know i think a horrible you know so kind of controlling and belittling and and i think that gives you know another reason for sort of donna to to want to uh, you know fight to kind of get away from that and you know get get out of her shadow um so yeah i i, I like donna's uh you know arc in this and then how it was mm. developed uh in in series four what's your feeling on her end uh in in series for. Oh, when she has her memory wipes, I hate mm. it. Uh, it's it's really? yeah. It, it for me is the most hateful part of of Russell T Davis's era. I hated it the first time I saw it, and I've hated it every time I've tried to avoid it since. It, it genuinely spoils that series for me. I I just yeah. I really. I mean, I dislike it as a viewer, and I I dislike it from a kind of a sort of 
yeah, sounds a bit arsy, but a sort of writerly point of view. You know, it's one thing that you just don't do is wipe out everything like that. It's you know, Ru- Ru- I mean, Russell T Davis is a brilliant writer. There's no, there's no dispute in that at all. He's he's absolutely fantastic. But he does or, or did show in a lot of his Doctor Who stories a tendency to kind of wave the hand of God at the end, or just to kind of do something so surprised and unexpected. Uh, that it, it kind of just wipes away the story that had happened previously. So I'm really, mm. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward probably more than ever actually to seeing uh, David Tennant in whatever doctor he is and Catherine Tate as Donna Noble, presumably, reunited because you're right, they are brilliant mm. together. And mm. I remember listening to them, they, they did a, I think they took over radio. Was it Radio 2 Breakfast Show or something anyway for, for a few shows? And they were great on that as well. Clearly just David Tennant and, and Catherine Tate are just brilliant together yeah. anyway. And of course they, they did grow that. together. I mean they, they did that little sketch on the Catherine Tate show when she's doing her Lauren mm. and he's an English teacher. But you ain't in English though. Mm. You know what I mean? That it was which is yeah. brilliant. And he appeared in um the the Nan movie that she oh, did, did as he? well. And, you know, they, they did, oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah. Um no, I, I just saw some pictures, and um, they did a big Finnish uh, trio of, of stories together, which, which are absolutely brilliant. And I think I find the end of series four. Uh, yeah, on one hand, it's it's quite sad, you know, and I, and I found it. Well, I said it already. Well, I well the, no, but on on the other hand, it you know, like I said earlier, I I react quite emotionally to okay. stuff, but I I, I so. You know the fact that she's she's had this great journey and it's then sort of it's taken away from her um, is is really sad and tragic. But like you were saying, from a writerly point of view, it, it just it, it just undoes mm. everything that they did and it and it cheapens it and all of her uh, development is is immediately reset and, and undone. And then they bring her back in um, the end of time yeah. and. I remember thinking, oh, that's exciting, and you know, it, it was it bullshit. Was it was just a, a, <laughs> it's the it was it was a, a lame reason to. I went down to, to <laughs> it was a lame reason to bring her yeah. back, and you know, we got beautiful stuff like the scene with Wilf mm. um, and, yeah. and David in the in the cafe where he says, "I'm going to die," and the four knocks and all and all of that. And Donna was was you know, Catherine was great in it, but it 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 just had nothing to do with it in the yeah. end. And you know she was never supposed to get her memories back, and now she she, she has this sort of I, I don't you know, know particle yeah. explosion out of well, her head, and yeah, yeah, and and I I don't often <laughs> say you know that I don't like something, and you know, like I said with the end mm. of series four, uh, emotionally I found it quite affecting, but at the same time. And, and having, mm. you know, listened to... Because I think we might have talked about it. Emotionally for me, because I felt really angry by it, which may have been the intention, <clears throat> you know, but I think I was probably angry for not the reasons Russell T. Davis yeah, wanted. Yeah, I, I suppose... You know, no, it's, probably it's not. I, 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 it's one thing to sort of rant at the, mm. at the characters, you know, when they're doing something genuine to them and, and something that actually makes mm. the story work or, or takes a story down a different path. As long as there's there's a kind of, you know, as long as it's, if it's like the only way for the story to move on at that point, then yeah, fine. But 
it never felt to me like that was the case with that at all. It's no. like this is the writer they, making they, a decision it, that he's going to do this, and it seemed to me mm. the only reason you do this is for the kind of shock value of it. You know, let's let's yeah. upset the listeners, kind of thing. Uh, the, the the viewers. That, they could have done something like done anything. Um, there's there's loads of ways you could have she, done that. that she would have been much more satisfactory. She stays. Do you know what? Yeah, if you wanted to, they they could have memory anyway, which I'm not sure was the best thing. But well, you know, people. Um, I mean, you would do it if you're going to do something with it afterwards, right? So when we see it back in, because the whole the whole thing of season four is it ends on the fact that she has to, you know, she continues as the Doctor Donna or whatever she hybrid Time Lordy kind of human thing yeah. that she is. Then she's going to destroy the universe. How pff, Christ knows, who, who knows? But. It's yeah. you know, okay. So let's say you you accept that and you take it. Okay. So then, what happens next? How do you actually get out of that in an intelligent way? Mm. And we don't. We it's all fudged no. when she comes back in. Was it the end of time? It's just yeah. It was in time. She which uh, they, they just brought her back to better have Catherine again. And I worry about how she's brought I, back I, for yeah, the sixtieth. I, I kind of hope because it, if, it, if, it fixes that thing that made me angry. Yes. And, you know, I can. I can finally relieve myself of that itch and that pain but, mm. I don't know yeah I, I hope so <laughs> I don't but know. We'll, we'll, we'll see, <laughs> yeah. we shall see. so it's it's um it's yeah so the anyway the runaway bride itself is is a cracking I, I, I enjoy it yeah I, I like it I remember when yeah. it first went out I thought it was it was a lot of fun and I, I, as I said I watched mm. it again a couple of days ago with Freya and do you know what this is another one where the story just unravels if you pick at it slightly it is all froth but do you know what? In any almost anything, mm. I think you you could pull it to pieces and, and make it not work. We, I know we've said this before that a lot of Doctor Who stories they they do unravel pretty quickly when you poke at them. The, but the best ones are mm. those that actually don't. You know where the plot is watertight, where the characters who who enact their dramas on that stage for the, for the duration of that story do things that that surprise you but in ways that are right for the story that keep you watching mm. and that you know that that kind of move you from either one episode to the next or one scene to the next when doctor who does that it is usually brilliant at it and it does do it quite mm. a lot of times but very rarely i think in the russell t davis years you know, a lot of these things are sort of done for the glamour of it, for the effects of it, for the thrill of it. And there's a value to that, I yeah. think. You know, you can't knock that. It's, it, it kind of is like having a milkshake full of froth. And it looks beautiful because it's all puffed up on the top and it looks inviting. And you, you start drinking it and it's gorgeous and it's sweet and it's you just want more and more of it. But then when you get to the bottom, there's nothing more substantial below it. It is just froth. Oh, look at it. It's gorgeous. Yeah, let me have another one. That's my analogy for the day, and uh, take it as you will. Yep, yep. No, I, I get that. Um, but I, I, you know, I really mm. like the easy uh, banter between Donna and Ted. Yeah, and, I do. You know, yeah, I the, love the, that. They, they crank that back up in uh, in series four. Yeah, and they and they just they just love they each really other. Are. You yeah. know, just they just great fabulous. fun. Yeah. yeah. The robot Santas, because we saw them in a previous one, the Christmas Invasion, right? And we know they're kind of like, are they sort of mercenaries for high, robots for high? They do a thing. Um, and they're back in this one, for, and they're pointing their tubers at the Doctor. And there's one with a kind of Nintendo mm. 64 controller that, with a wire sticking out of it that makes all the Christmas baubles at the party <laughs> suddenly spring up into the air. And instead of actually running before 
you know, the doctor runs in, he, he makes that connection, he sees the Santa, the remote control, sees the Christmas tree, figures out what's going on, sees that house is surrounded by robot Santas, tells everyone to get out, get out, and all that. And everyone kind of stands around, uh, and then and then it's and, and then the, the bauble's left, and everyone's like, oh, isn't that lovely? And then they start exploding, and then there's a good sort of minute and a half or so of, uh, of, of pyrotechnics, and people getting thrown from one side of the room to the other, and then the doctor just kind of puts his sonic screwdriver in front of a loud, or into the, the the DJ's deck, and just blasts everything yeah. with a massive sonic pulse, which is just ridiculous. But you st- I still love it. it. Still makes me jump for joy when he does it. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just I would rather have fun with something, even if it, it doesn't actually hang together. I oh, know, but it, it, no, the trouble is, mate. If you know if if we get served loads and loads of froth time and time again, that then becomes the expectation, it becomes the norm. And I think a lot of it is is writing for the lowest common denominator. You know, and I know that sounds elitist and arsey and everything else. You saying I'm stupid. You saying no, I'm stupid, mate, is that no, what you're I'm saying? Just saying you're you're L C D. But but it's like, you know, we, we need to have a modicum of intelligence in our entertainment. I'm not saying you're going to get that from this podcast, but, you know, because if we don't, all we're going to end up with is, is me, we're yeah. just going to be served bucketfuls of froth each and every time. Mm-hmm. And we get used to that. And as soon as someone gives us a milkshake that has some real substance to it, you know, it has layers and depth and different flavors. And, you know, it, it, we, we're just going to be tasting saying, what the hell is this? You know, this this isn't what we like. Well, I think which is. Just, mm. I don't know. Don't, I'm just kind of, you know, whatever. I'm just getting into a crotchety old man these days. But don't get me wrong. I, I do, well, you, I do love the Runaway Bride. I, I prefer it to the previous Christmas special. Um, and the key is really just, just don't, just don't poke it too hard. You know, just yeah. sit back and enjoy the what fun. What did you think of? Um, what, what did you think of Ten uh, when he when he burns all the Ragnos uh, yeah, uh, babies? That, that's quite a, okay, so yeah, that's like finding a small nugget of espresso at the bottom of your milkshake. It's uh, it's quite dark and it's really nasty. Mm. Actually, I, I, it doesn't. I, I that's probably in a way the kind of the soul of this episode. I think this is where the depth comes from. It's just mm. that um, it's. It's a good moment. It, it kind of, I mean, ten is kind of disposed towards dishing out vengeance. I, yeah. I, I, I'm not sure I really enjoy that, and I'm glad we didn't run with that massively. I know we get that bit towards the end of his era where we have the Time Lord Victorious thing, and you know, at the end of Waters of Mars, it's kind of there most particularly. But um, I, 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 it's good to have it. But I'm, yeah, it's. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it works, and I think it kind of gives a bit more... I mean, the um, is just doing what she does, you know, isn't she? You know, she's a mother well, her children. Yeah, and and it's, you know, it's it's making it, uh, you know, a grey area, and the Rachnos is just doing, doing her thing, but, you know, when it's going to cost, you know, damage to London and millions of lives and blah, blah, blah. Um, and it does give a sort of justification for, for Donna... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, joining again later, and I think she says it in this episode. You know, you need someone to kind of you she know con- control yeah. you, and um, She's scared of what you know, happens when he's it's on his own, it, what, yeah, what? and it's 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 developed, you know, developed yeah. uh, later on in it's in the waters again, of Mars, I and think, rather than developed. <laughs> well, we do get yeah, the I mean, of, he, um, he, uh, human nature, family of blood, where he yeah, I mean that's pretty dark as well. You know, maliciously um, um, condemns. 
that family to eternity. Put, puts them in the mirror and the painting and stuff, doesn't he? Yeah. And, and it's it's difficult, you know. They've been doing awful things, but, why, but does that justify an equally that, awful? Yeah, well, why would he do it? And and also, I felt that the, the Time Lord Victorious mm. thing, whilst very dramatic and and quite powerful, really it was like five minutes of the end of Waters of Mars, <laughs> uh, and then a bit of sort of misery at the beginning of the end of time. Even that's kind of shut down our throats a bit. You know, it's kind of made incredibly obvious. Here's a newspaper headline that spells it out for you. Here's another newspaper headline. We'll put some yeah. dramatic drumbeat music on it as well. Doof, doof, doof. They, they do that a lot in Waters of Mars. I remember mm. watching it I think, oh, my God. I get the point. Just stop already, will you, please? No, here's another well, I, one. I, doof, doof, doof. <sighs> Waters of Mars is a great episode because it's so tense and, and scary. Mm. Um, and, and I like the uh, sort of... I liked the Time Lord Victorious thing at the time, mm. but now that they've gone and done the Time Lord Victorious book series <laughs> and stuff like that, which tried to oh, sort of yeah. turn it into yeah, I've got round you know a character arc, mm. you know, ten years after it was actually on screen for yeah. five minutes, <laughs> it it that whole thing was like a whole load of books and comics yeah. and audios and blah blah blah, and you only actually needed to read two <laughs> books to get the basic gist of the whole story. Um, and I, I think I spoke. Maybe I spoke about it on the podcast before. Like I kind of liked yeah. them as an I adventure and the, and the, the concept them, of. We? We, we did a little bit, yeah. Um, and and because I think he wrote the first mm. one and the, and the Quarth, I think they're called yeah, the yeah, villains yeah. who, um, they they go around uh, essentially analysing planets and races and stuff and saying you've got X number of years mm. to live and things like that and and judging on their own. Uh, you know, decree how long you know races are going to live for, and it was a really great concept. But I, I didn't really like the way they sort of turned Ten into an anti-hero, mm. and you had to have other Doctors come along to stop him from, you know, erasing yeah, existence yeah, yeah. and all this kind of stuff. And and you know, it was a nice experiment, and it kind of didn't really work, mm. and it all sort of disappeared without a trace, and you know, blah blah blah. So yeah, I um, I, I you know, I don't mind a bit of a sort of darker mm. side to the Doctor but if I'm honest when you know they the Doctor's referred to as the oncoming storm and yeah, you know I'm, all this sort yeah. of thing and, and that was heavily pushed a bit by, by Moffat I felt that you know was the Doctor a, a bad person Am I a good uh, you know masquerading as a goodie mm. um, and I, I personally I, I like the Doctor to be you know a, a just you know, positive mm. force, and I don't mind a bit of the darkness because you know I think it gives interest and and some yeah, texture. Yeah, yeah. But um, you know, it's to me that's not mm. what you know. The Doctor is not death and mayhem like intentionally. Mm. You know, I think there's um, possibly some kind of um, echo from the from the, the time war still going on with the tenth Doctor, isn't there? Because it's not until we get to the fiftieth that yeah, that th- whole there pain, is. If you like is kind of resolved and, and put to rest. Is, is, yes, um, you're right. And, and, and then you know, so he's still carrying a lot of that. You, and when you look at again, I know it's all off screen, and it wasn't even there when Russell well, was writing. Yeah, it, 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 as such, you it know, wasn't we didn't even a thing. You know, you're being uh, sorry, the War Doctor as such. No, but obviously we did have a Doctor who. Who pushed the big red button and destroyed Gallifrey and the Daleks mm. and everything else? Yeah. And we had that whole survivor's guilt from from Doctor Nine. Ten, that guilt turns into a kind of vengefulness, uh, driving him because he yeah. realizes at the end of Waters of Mars that actually there isn't anyone to stop him. 
and that mm. that kind of persona that that Donna Noble first saw in the Runaway Bride comes to being at that at that point. But you're right; it's fleeting. Mm. It's only for a few moments mm. because at the even at the end of Water, Waters of Mars, he realizes what he's done, and, uh, and yeah, yeah. goes off in a in a big sulk, basically to kind of interrogate himself. And, you know, it's it's which and, yeah. and that is but that is quite a nice thing. And I and I like the way that it is only you know when it appears in the tv series it is just for moments we don't hang an entire story on that vengeful spirit it's you know it comes mm, out mm. there's dramatic moments when we get the doctor kind of striding through flames and explosions announcing his oncoming stormness we get the doc- we get the 10th doctor as savior rising in a blaze of glory to the triumphant horns mm. of murray gold's best swelling orchestral vibes I, I, that stuff doesn't really sit well with me, but there are only moments because in between those moments we get the Doctor as the Doctor, being fun, helping people, yeah. inspiring people, you know, solving solving the mysteries, defeating the monsters, uh, bringing light when there was darkness, and you know all of that stuff. And I think that's good. And you know, when he does it here at the Ragnos, it is one of those uh, one of those confrontations that happens in a very grey area like you said because what's Mm, the alternative mm. he doesn't send her pack in he does offer to take her and her babies off to another planet they can settle themselves and you know arrange some sort of colony thing or whatever but she ignores him and the 10th doctor being the 10th doctor well and he says no second chances this is it what happens next is on you waters of mars has got one of my favorite lines in when uh she says uh, name, rank, intention. He goes, the doctor, doctor, fun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't remember that. Bill, which I, which yeah. I was still like today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I t- I t- one, one thing I do, uh, another thing I do, right, rather about the, the waters, of, um, waters of Mars, the Runaway Bride is um, Sarah Parrish that as plays the Ragnos as having a brilliant sense of humour. She's so funny, yeah, yeah. You know that that little yeah. joke they pull with Lance creeping up on her with the axe, and then she turns around and goes, ah, ha, 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 and they start laughing. And he's funny man, he makes me laugh, laughs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's she's lovely. You know, I, I found myself warming to the Ragnos Queen, and which mm. is or Empress, or whatever she is, and which makes it all the more tragic and kind of heartbreaking in a way that the Doctor destroys her and uh, and her brood. So it's yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's a fun, fast, frolicky episode with uh, a slightly yeah. dark heart at its centre. Yeah, it it is it is good fun. I I, I like it. Um, you know, the, the odd bit in mm. it, you know, but kind of can can look past it really. You know. Yeah. Should we move okay. on to uh, the next one, the final story we're going to be talking about in this episode? Yes, let's move on to the Clara story. Oh, okay. Well, it's got Clara in it. She's great. And the end. <laughs> so th- this is Clara before we really know her, isn't it? This is so we, we the only yes. episode we've had which had Jenna Coleman in as this character was Asylum of the Daleks, which was an entire half a series away. Uh, ago, yeah, and what a shocker that was mm. that she appeared then because they'd announced that she was going to be, yeah. uh, a, a, you know, joining the show and no, it was all top secret, blah blah blah. In that episode. No, and I remember watching it uh, on my own as standard, and uh, being like, "Oh my god, 
she wasn't supposed to turn mm. up. And then think, is is that Jenna? Because I didn't know her brilliantly at the time, and I was like, is that is that who it is? Um, and so it was, yeah, quite a nice yeah. Uh, yeah. surprise, really. And and you know, kudos to them for keeping mm. that uh, secret for for so long, like they did. You know, they they did a great it? job yeah. with look, that. Look at Jenna Coleman; she's going to yeah. be the new da 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 da. Don't mention the fact she's in the next, the very next story. And it was kind yeah. of weird how this and, and series played out, wasn't it? So I'm trying. This was the first one. Was it where they chopped the series in half? So we had yes. the first part of that, which was the end of Rory and Amy's kind of journeys with the Doctor, starting with yep. Asylum of the Daleks, finishing with Angels Take Manhattan, and we yep. had things like Dinosaurs and a Spaceship, and The Power of Three, and. Um, yeah, all those, all those ones, wasn't it? Town called Mercy, yep. let's kill Hitler, all, all of that kind of stuff. Yep. And then we had the tragic um, end of Amy Pond and Rory's story. And then it's half a year or so, and this episode, Snowman, bounces in at Christmas with a brand new um, opening sequence. Especially, you know, mm. with, with the sort of crackly star feel. Yeah, because the return of the Doctor's they face made them the all uh, themed, didn't they? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yes, it was. It was quite a big uh, change, really, wasn't it? Was it? For it, and um, I, you know, anyone who knows me on uh, on the old Twitter will know that uh, I'm a big Clara fan, and um, I I liked the kind of puzzle mm. mystery uh, element of her, and um, the, uh, the Clara in this story. Victorian uh, barmaid who who is also masquerading as uh, or is masquerading as the barmaid while she's actually the. Uh, I think she's just uh, both. Those she works as a barmaid and she's a governess. Yeah, but the, she says to the to the um, bar uh, the the, mm. the pub uh, landlord, oh, "I was only helping you out while so and so wasn't around or something." So it's it's not her main job, I don't think. But I I liked this Clara, and she was probably probably a little bit more sort of feisty than than modern day Clara and it was it was maybe a shame we didn't get Victorian Clara uh you know and or, or Oswin uh in modern day Clara but that's not mm. to say of course I don't like modern day Clara because if I didn't I wouldn't be such a, a Clara fan um <laughs> yeah uh yeah it's it's a bit um bit, bit of a, a mystery um but this this is a really good episode I I liked that um you know they they had the doctor uh in the morning um amy and, and rory and you know they, they cranked up the fairy the tale thing so yeah but that's that's what they call yeah, it yeah. the the, the paternoster the girls say and um you know he's in his his clouds with the tardis and everything which was such a great visual you know that huge uh ladder that, that they climb up um and you know i i wasn't a big fan of the paternoster gang mm. but you know i liked them and and um strax the bit where he goes to get the memory worm and uh he <laughs> he hasn't worn the gauntlets yeah. and stuff and and then and then clara's like oh is, is this what you're looking for or something is these are these yeah, the gauntlets and yeah. you know she, she she's just um None of it kind of phases her, and and she she's interested immediately with with it, and and sort of wants to find out more and and keep up with him, and and you know get involved in yeah. this mystery. And she's sort of f- fascinated and intrigued by the um you know the snowmen that that keep appearing. And I thought they looked great as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course they were not really the main uh, threat, yeah. were they? They were just kind of pr- pretty window dressing, and it it um it. it Took it back to, uh, you know, an old Troughton episode, didn't Web it? Of fear. 
Yeah. And the abominable slave, yeah. obviously. But yeah. Yeah, and the great mm. intelligence. Yeah. Um, so, so that was quite quite fun. Little little callback. Um, so yeah, I just this is this is another episode that you know I've watched it quite mm. a few times, and it's not just because of of Jenna, but it it's just it's such a sort of big wintry adventure. Um, you know, you get the ice ice lady, ice governess mm. coming out after them, and you know that it's got that awesome shot where Jenna runs around the TARDIS and then goes in through the doors all in one shot. And, yes, and it you, does. you know you've gone yeah, from the right. exterior yeah. on the cloud to, to going through mm. the doors, um, and and then he, he stands, you know, he puts his arms out and all the lights come mm. on and his theme kicks in and stuff, and then she says it's all on, on the outside, uh, which then kind of undermines it yeah. all, which is quite funny. Um, and and it's got quite uh, I'd forgotten because I watched it uh, last week maybe. I'd forgotten how uh, Victoria and Clara died, and it's actually, you know, it's a bit of a shocker. You know, she slips off the edge, doesn't she? And he he falls with with the ice uh, governess, and the doctor can't save her. And then she miraculously hits the ground without splattering all over the place. Um, And, uh, you know... Yeah, it's it's you know it's another loss for him, which I think is probably sort of um, you know the motivation to kind of find yeah. her in in you know wherever she is now. Um, so yeah, I've talked about that one for for quite a while now. What do you think of this um, one? I, I remember really enjoying it the first time. The first time I watched it, and it is one of my favourite ones. But there are again, there's 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 always bits that don't quite sit well. I think, but but again, they're in, in in this case at least anyway they're they're really really minor you know i think on the whole i mean i love the fact that richard e grant's in this it's about time we had him yeah doctor who we have ian mckellen as the voice of the great intelligence and i do yes, enjoy that's who it is, the yeah. reveal of the of the of the intelligence itself as well it's and it's it's done it, it's it's a bit of a weird one because and I wouldn't have noticed this, but when I was watching it the other day, um, there's a moment right early on when the Doctor takes the card off uh, Doctor Simeon, isn't he? Richard E. Grant's character. Yeah. And it says G.I. in that nice kind of font, that sort of you know mm-hmm. gothic font that we've got. And then underneath, you can, you can actually read it. It says the Great Intelligence Company or, or something like that. And you're like all these things are right there in front of our eyes. But I get, I think very few of us watching it at the time actually thought it was the great intelligence from the Troughton stories. Mm. You know, I, I certainly never twigged it until the Doctor kind of twigs it towards the end. You know, GI, great intelligence, right. and he sort of tries to smash the big globe thing. And uh, yeah, it's, mm. it's I, I do, I do like it. And I think, but I think watching it the other day, one thing that struck me was that, um, and I, I hate to say this, but. Clara spends an awful lot of time, an awful long time dying. <laughs> She's yeah. like, yeah, you know, they're all fussing around her for for quite some time, and it kind of milks. Actually, it out I did notice that. Yeah, towards the end, and there's there's even a weird bit when we've got the Doctor. I think it's the Doctor facing off against Simeon and the the Snowman, and you know, is in in his chamber, and and for some weird reason, it must be an, an editing decision. For some weird reason, we then cut back to the house uh, on Clara's deathbed, and everything kind of just slows right down for you know for a mm. few minutes, and then we're back in the action again. It's all kind of and it just I just thought you know that, that just 
It's a little bit weird. That's true, actually. Yeah, I did think when I watched it recently that it, it does take a while for her yeah. to die. and um, like about 20 minutes, I think. You know, because you know, yeah. I was watching this and, and I thought, oh, you know, we're getting towards the end of it now. And I, I looked at the clock and I thought, no, we've still got nearly half an hour left. You know, and this, this mm, is before mm. Clara dies. And I knew she was about to die pretty soon because I remembered it. But I, I don't mm. remember it taking as long. And, you know, I, I do think the last 20 minutes or so, not just with Clara, but, you know, the other bits going on as well, the face-off with the GI is is a little bit drawn out. But really, to be honest, mate, that's just a minor, minor thing. I think the episode as a whole, I think it's a lovely story. I think the Doctor in the 19th century, that is the Doctor's natural home, as far as I'm concerned. He just belongs in that era. Yeah, it. it um, I love the costume mm. he's, he's got in this, and um, you know the whole production design on this episode as, as well is, is great. Um, I think it all looks really fantastic and kind of you know idealized perfected victorian london and everything and um isn't it really probably yeah that's it yeah than the the, the piss-filled sewers that it really was or something (laughs) yeah Yeah. Uh, they did Um, have sewage didn't they but a lot of it was on the streets they did in the poor areas but yeah it's good and like you i I like Clara, the governess slash barmaid in this as well. She, she is very, she's very forward. You know, she's always got her eyes on the thing that that is spiking, spiking her curiosity. And she's not very phased. I think she is phased the first time she goes to the top of the spirally staircase, and she, and the doctor comes out the TARDIS. She hides around the side, and there's a little bit of comedy where he goes one way, she goes the other, and she almost goes mm. in. I think she does go in. She looks in and then kind of belts out and runs back down the staircase, and the doctor sort of yes, kind yeah. of says like, "Who was that?" I think he, you know, he knows it was her. That's it. She, she yeah. Um, she doesn't get in um, straight away to it, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's it's a, a really good uh, episode, and, and um, probably out of the three we've looked at, is is the most um, Christmas, you know, very, in terms of its kind of setting and yes, yes, it yeah, is. yeah. Um, which which I like, yeah. yeah um, so uh, I'd just like to go to a couple of comments that we had from people. So, um, Chris, who's at Chris Russ one said, The Snowmen is an amazing episode. Mm-hmm. I love the shot where the camera follows Clara into the TARDIS. Um, James H, uh, at FitGeek underscore UK, says, The law of diminishing returns, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> and I replied and said, <laughs> Hold on, because like we'd listed this as uh, we're looking at Doctor Mysterio, Runaway Bride, mm-hmm. and The Snowmen. And I said, so hold on, are you saying The Snowman is not as good as Runaway Bride? And he says, indeed I yeah. am. Runaway Bride is a hoot. Uh, hoot. Snowman is too fairy tale and has weird continuity issues that bug the hell out of me. That's mm. interesting. I wonder if he means literally within shots or narratively in the greater yeah, picture. I've never really noticed anything. Yeah, maybe but, it goes um, back to that weird mm. disjointedness um, that we're talking yeah. about. In the, the editing of that final act, possibly. Or... It's possible that they had to extend the episode to fit yeah, the time maybe. slot or something, and you know they've they've had to make some some choices. Yeah, that, I can't think of how it disrupts continuity. Yeah, well, why? actually, do you know what? If if it's in the wider Doctor Who universe, um, if memory serves, the great intelligence comes from outer space and finds its way in mm. into Earth. And, mm. uh, but actually, it's already there in the Abominable Snowman, which I think takes place in the thirties. And the web yeah. of fear takes place. I think it's contemporary to the time it was shot. Was that sixty-eight? Yeah. Sixties or sixty-eight? 
Yeah. So, and the Doctor mentions, I think he gives away in this story, the Snowman, the idea of the underground, the London Underground, being a sort yes. of weakness in Earth's defence. Yeah. Also, there's a little throwaway line in there. He has the tin, yes, there is some the London Underground there, yeah. tin, um, which could mm. be the tin, the London Underground tin Patrick Trout had in the Web of Fear, but it probably isn't mm. because it's probably a modern tube map on the bottom of that. But nonetheless, it still evokes the Web of Fear. But it doesn't really go into any real sort of detail to say yeah. whether it fits or not. I think it's just left mm. to the views to make it what hanging, they want, yeah. possibly. All right. Um, we had Here Comes the Doctor, who's at Doctor underscore Who 871. The Snowman for me is the best special of New yeah. Who. Such an amazing episode. Victorian times and Christmas go mm. together very well, and this is way better than The Next Doctor. Uh, yeah, sort of yeah I'd probably agree with that. I think, thing, yeah, yeah. There's some nice stuff in there, but uh, I, I just enjoy this one overall yeah. a bit more. I, I um, Robin, who's mm. at for another yeah, episode, yeah. There's some, there's some cool stuff. We'll yeah. Um, at Galaxy's Clara, nice <laughs> says not a fan at all of Doctor Mysterio, <laughs> but I have to say, I uh, the Snowman is one of my favourite episodes. Right. It's an absolute classic. Um, Ian Banks, whose stuff Ian likes, says Snowman is great fun with a fantastic version of Clara. I mm. wish they'd kept. Uh, Doctor Mysterio is a hoot from start yes. to finish. Runaway Bride has yes. a near perfect first half and a second half that never fails me. Uh, never fails to have me wanting to do something else, which is a little bit like you were saying. Um, Matthew, who's at Disciple of Brad, said, uh, I adore Snowman, but that's probably because I'm in love with Victorian Clara. <laughs> I know you are, Matthew. Um, recently watched Mysterio and felt it doesn't deserve the hate yes, it typically gets. Mysterio a very funny special. Converts. Well done. Yeah, uh, with, with Peter given free reign to steal the show. Um Flying Matthew, who's at Flying Matthew seventy six, says the Snowman is by far my favourite of the three. Runaway Bride is perhaps my least favourite special. Uh, Return of Doctor Mysterio, I haven't watched besides that Christmas, but I remember it being okay, nothing great. Um, Rose, who's at Fear Black Rose, says for me Runaway Bride is always a favourite, well written and just fun to watch. David and Catherine were amazing and comedy gold in the episode. Um, Robot of Decorations, who's at Graham Ward 68, says, I find the Moffat pair a little convoluted and forced, but they have some magical moments. Bride is a rip-roaring adventure with a dark edge that I like a lot. I don't expect Christmas stories to be anything other than mm. fun, so they all do the job. So, yeah, quite a good, uh, good you know, broad range on, on everything there. Um, well... Uh, at that note, I'm going to have to go because there's uh, tubs of heroes and uh, pigs in blankets left over. You need to put your shopping away, Jeff, don't you? Yeah, I do. And go <laughs> I and eat some chocolate. So, um, yes, yeah. Well, lo- like the beginning of this episode. Yeah. Oh yeah, get out. So, thank you. Um, <laughs> Thank you ever so much, everyone, for listening, as, as always. And uh, as we've now uh, almost reached the end of 2022, I'd just like to say thank you for uh, oh, supporting us, so sticking with us, engaging, listening, and all of that. And um, we're going to be kicking off the new year with a couple of great guest yeah. interviews. Um, and we're going to be working hard to keep providing uh, our podcast uh, yes. every week um, throughout the year and hopefully giving you a little bit of Doctor Who related entertainment whilst we await the return yes, of the show indeed. next Tell November. your friends as well if you know Doctor Who fans who are looking for a Doctor Who podcast say yep. look at this one by these two weirdo reprobates 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but but seriously, please do because the more ears we get on things and and the more listens, etc., the the more chance we've got of you know guests and giveaways and and stuff like that. Yeah, so your your support helps us to be able to give you more. So have yourself a very merry Christmas, and uh, we will catch you in the new Happy year. Christmas to all, all the best for twenty twenty three. Hooray! Oh.